Hey guys, AJ here with the Noah Spirit Podcast. I know it's been a bit, but uh, we are back. I'm here with two very special guests today. I'm here with Jack Allen and Odd Man, where you're doing a swap cast. These guys are awesome. I'm privileged to have them on. And we are going to talk everything from the weird weather going on in Texas and plenty of other stuff. So you want to start with that? Yeah, sure, dude. Well, thanks for having us on. I yeah, Odd Man's becoming like my my partner here in this all these uh, episodes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, Jack, and appreciate it for being on this podcast too. I saw you guys on uh, Kyle's the Big Dumb Podcast, and he's kind of like my podcast partner. And uh, oh, cool. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So I mean, if you want me to like, uh, I'm odd man. I, I, we, we like both had a few topics, but I've been recent, the weather we've been having obviously is like super crazy. And I feel like everyone kind of knows about harp, but, uh, heart, I've read this book. If anyone wants to check it out, it's angels don't play the harp by Jeff Begich or something like that. But basically dude, I mean like all this, and we, I always knew it's like technology is like 20 years ahead of what is in the public sphere, but this stuff that they have, like, uh, it's all like Tesla technology that they took away. And there's, I've always like seen videos, but I didn't know all the, all this stuff before I read the book. And like, he was able to access the electricity and like the ionosphere and the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Free energy. Right. Yeah. And so he could do that. And like, so they took all these patents that got created by this guy named Eastland or Eastland. And it was like 11 patents and uh, at first they denied the patents. They said that those can't, but they're all based on Tesla technology and they denied them. They said that this is fairy tale land. You can't make this happen. So he went to the patent office, proved that he could do it. Uh, the military obviously like put that stuff to secrecy. They took all that, those patents and he, then a small company bought them for like a very pennies on the dollar. And then uh, a company called Arco or APTI bought these patents and then eventually it gets bought by Raytheon. But basically all these patents are just accessing that, that energy in the, in the ionosphere and such. And like they created things with these patents that like a, a ship was able to stay like a helicarrier, like in the Avengers, 10,000 hours. And this is in 95, it was able to stay in the sky without refueling, with having the, you know, changing DC currents. But all of this goes back to their like, shooting stuff in the ionosphere the way they before this it was like in russia in the 50s they they were able to change the weather patterns but back Mm. then they they used this uh like a cone so a cone that they were putting lots of energy all over the the air and with harp they put it was the reverse they put all these satellites shooting into one spot and uh it does all these crazy things but that's essentially can I just say one thing Go in regards it, to weather yeah. manipulation? Um, I People think when people say that it's crazy that we don't manipulate the weather, um, we've been doing it forever. Um, in the Vietnam War and the Ho Chi Minh Trail, we mm-hmm. made it rain on yeah, for days. Right. The Beijing Olympics in 08, they made sure and they bragged about this. They made sure that it didn't rain the whole time they were down. That's a good, I didn't know and that. If, you, if you're a military and you're not researching weather manipulation, that's a strategic error because another country is going to, and you're at a disadvantage. This stuff has been going on forever. Yeah, dude. I think this is honestly like a perfect segue. Oddman just did an episode like on MK Ultra and the mil- since we're talking military, right? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, 
MK Ultra was a part of it. I kind of did, you know, about unethical experiments yeah, over the years right. from the government. And of course, MK Ultra would be would fall into that category, I think. And you know, you look at Agent Orange that they dropped in Vietnam, and, and you know, it was giving our soldiers a cancer, and I'm sure it caused other types of problems. And you go to the um, anthrax vaccine from the Gulf War that's been linked to all kinds of issues and it really goes on and on. So if they would, you know, do all those things and then why wouldn't they try and, you know, control the weather? And um, there you can go back, I think it's LBJ or FDR, one of the two, I'm sorry, I can't remember for sure. And they actually mentioned controlling the weather in one of their speeches out of uh, college. I'll look yeah. that up and I'll send it to you. All right. But um, yeah, they did the Operation Popeye in Vietnam where they made it rain on Ho Chi Minh Trail. But, um, you know, I've heard I watched this documentary. You guys might have watched it, too. It's called Franken Skies. No. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's this guy, Matt Landman. And he's um, he's like he's so knowledgeable about geoengineering. And uh, so he, he was like a farmer in California. But he has some kind of degree, I can't remember now, maybe in business or something like that. But he decided he didn't want to do that, so he became a farmer. And he kept noticing how the skies would change suddenly and how these planes would fly over and then the weather, you know, would be cloudy or would rain, different things. And he started putting two and two together and he started to uh, investigate it. So he made this mm -hmm. awesome documentary, crowdfunded it. What's and, the name uh, of it? It's called Franken Skies. The oh, I'll take a look at that. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. Check him out. Um, I want to say I heard him on maybe Freeman Fly, but anything you find him on, I've listened to like maybe five of his shows and it's all great. But dude, he, he named off like, I've got a bunch of them in here, the different programs that they're using that, and once you know that he, he's like, he said, hey, you got to know the names of these programs in order to look things up because if you don't know the names, you're just going to find, you know, you're going to go down a, a, a YouTube rabbit hole and you won't really be able to <laughs> the sensors so i'll just go over a few of them uh, tropospheric aerosol program or tap uh, stratospheric aerosol injections uh, solar radiation management uh, of course we mentioned operation popeye uh, geoengineering by a company called scope x uh, ionospheric heating and that leads right to harp what jack yeah. was talking about uh, charge aerosol release experiment, or they call it CARE for short. Uh, albedo enhancement, stratospheric control excuse me, stratospheric controlled perturbation. I don't know what Damn. that means. Uh, op yeah, oper Operation Cloverleaf and marine cloud brightening or whitening. And I know you can look up uh, the the marine cloud brightening, and there was a article from, I want to say 2012 from Scientific uh, American. And it was, it said, will geoengineering turn the skies white? Huh. And so they know, cause like I know here I live maybe, I want to say uh, eight miles from the airport and, fly, right. and planes fly over here constantly. And, you know, I started noticing a couple of years ago that the, the chemtrails or whatever you want to call. And it's just amazing, man, because that they'll start in the morning and then, like by noon, that the clouds, you know, will spread out, and the whole sky will just be white. Oh yeah, you the rest can see of the them. Day. Yeah, they don't so, go by typical flight paths too. Going yeah. back to weather manipulation, do you guys remember last year 
there was that storm that just hovered above, I think it was Bermuda for days. Do you guys remember that? Uh, 2019. I remember something about that. Yeah. So, so, so there was a storm, uh, I believe it was Bermuda and, you know, you could see the trajectory of it and it was headed right towards the American coast, South Carolina, Florida, but it stopped right on Bermuda and just hovered. It hovered over Bermuda for like five days, which is all the people on the news were saying this never happens. And to me, as a conspiracy theorist, my first thought was that's a weapons test right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it and then when it dissipated off of uh, Bermuda, it just coasted gently off the coast of the United States. So it didn't hit anything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they they have this stuff in their uh, arsenal. But I think when it comes to Texas, um, I, I made some notes. Let me just see if I can get them. OK, Um this is uh this is from ECROT. It's basic ECROT is uh it's an acronym. It stands for a organization in Texas that manages power, and it said uh, beyond permitting only ninety four of the state's six hundred facilities participate to participate in the virtual meeting on prepping for winter. Um, they also didn't re- they so they so they have an annual meeting and. Uh, and uh, only 94 of the state's 600 facilities participated in it, and it was virtual, and it was for prepping for winter. Um, they also didn't require any power plants to adapt their protocols for the colder months instead of just offering a list of suggestions for plant operators when you know snow hit 40%. So they didn't do anything for these guys. Um, you can look at it that way, that it was just a failure on their end. And mind you, this is Texas, the, the capital of uh, energy. You know, they, they shouldn't have to worry about any of this stuff. And it wasn't even that much snow. Or you can put on the conspiratorial lens and say that what state was the state that, um, you know, kind of went out to bat for Trump? That um, what was the state that put in the uh, legislation to to, to um uh, go out to sue all these other states with their voting counts. It was Texas. And maybe this is some type of punishment. I don't know. Cause, cause people were saying that about California when California was getting those wildfires that, that, you know, houses weren't burning and, and trees are burning directly around the houses. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's probably like, a, I don't know if that's, but regardless, it's always the same Hegelian dialectic, you know, problem, reaction, solution. And, uh, but it's just amazing how much stuff kind of like with both weather and like the chemicals that we were just talking about. Like there's this guy in the sixties or maybe fifties Delgado and he worked for the CIA or whoever DOD. And he would, uh, he first worked on cats, controlling cats by putting electrodes in their brain. Then he realized that he could do it with chemicals and they realized that just the smallest amount of chemicals in the right vibrations that pushed out by harp satellites, you can control and dictate a person's personality, person's what they think, how they feel. You can also use it for cures. You can like cure addiction and depression, but obviously we know what yeah. they're going to use this stuff for. And also what was interesting was that they, this used to be under the Department of Defense, but they wrote a law in like the 80s that since they're non-lethal, it's not a war weapon, it's a peacekeeping weapon. So then they switched out from the DOD to the DOJ because then the Freedom of Information Acts like didn't count as much or something. And that allowed them to 
continue making these non-lethal what, weapons. What, what happened when Obama said that they closed down Harp? That, I know they really didn't, but remember he said that. Oh, I never, I never saw. He that, said no. they closed down Harp, and it might have been like uh, huh. moments. You, you could find it online, but uh, yeah, but it was obviously still working the whole time. Yeah, dude, I'm sure they just changed, or like the, the way they use. That's what they, you know, the military tricks everybody. They like say, like, oh, we're not using it for this, we're using it for this. But yeah, we made it capable. To they're do they're that, the but best. We're not going to do that. The CIA and the military is the best at mixing truth with fiction. So everything yeah. it gets so confused. But yeah, I, I want to ask both of you guys this: um, If Harp controlled the weather and had something to do with this in Texas, what was the point? I'll chime in. Just yeah, a thought. Just a, I have no idea. I have no idea. So. I was just thinking, man, it's like, you know, they're really pushing the Green New Deal because of climate change. Oh. And, you know, they try mm-hmm. to twist any type of weather event as climate change, you know. Right. And uh, even though point. this is kind of the cooling side, they claim, you know, that even these bouts of cool weather and storms and all this crap is, is also climate change. I mean, the, yeah. the climate is always changing, you know, but... I kind of feel like that's part of the plan. I've just got a, a sneaking suspicion that they're going to say it, it's related to climate change. And if we don't do something soon, these type of things are going to be happening all the time. And I don't know. John, John Kerry said we had nine years to live. Sorry to interrupt, but keep going. No, no. That's no. absurd. No. And, uh, you know, I just happened to think too, another official who had mentioned, um, I'm blanking on his name, but I believe he was Secretary of Defense or Secretary of State for uh, Bill Clinton. I cannot remember the guy's name, but in a a famous speech he gave, he mentioned that um, they they are actually involved in trying to, uh, I forget how he worded it, but they know that there can weather can be used as a weapon. So they are looking into ways they can combat that because places like Russia, I think he mentioned Russia in particular, of course, uh, could possibly use weather as a weapon against us. So, you know, they know, they know that they have the potential to do these things. And I know another thing too, uh, that I thought was kind of interesting that Matt Landman guy that did that documentary, he was talking about the camp uh, the uh, metals that they put in the air and how when you get you put those metal metal particles in the air uh you know that allows harp to control those metal particles because yeah, barium guess, yeah so the barium and the strontium and aluminum and all that and it can move the clouds you know where those clouds of metal are Harp can move those clouds. And of course, this was a couple of years ago when I was listening to him, but um, he was suggesting that possibly 5G could have something to do with that. And he talks about also how a lot of that metal has come down to, the, of course, it's eventually coming right. to the ground and it's in the, in the soil. And so, um, you know, these companies like um, Monsanto have developed these seeds to resist those metal articles uh, that are in the ground. So they know dang. that shit's going on, man. Dang. Dude, Monsanto, bro. Along yeah. with their the most company seeds. ever. That's have you guys heard that uh Bill Gates owns the most farmland now and he's trying to blot out the sun with uh with metals? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It's all in the news. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's an gonna... evil doctor. He's like a he's like a Bond villain. <laughs> a bad one because he's a meek little nerd. But uh, you know, his father's got CIA ties. I'm convinced all these big tech companies like Zuckerberg, they didn't just come up with them themselves. They're way too no, beneficial. No. And and the half and the half chance that they did, they are totally used by the CIA now. There's just way too much information and power in those. I mean, we all know like so like, so, so go, I, I went to the Capitol to kind of like troll people. And like um I I got a picture with the Buffalo guy. I saw him outside. And I posted that picture on Facebook. I just posted it. And the second I posted it, it got deleted right away. Like his face was already in the algorithm. Mm. And then three federal agents showed up at my house. Three FBI agents. Jeez, dude. And I showed you guys both that like funny video I took. And I showed them that. I'm like, I'm, I go down there and make funny content. Like I wasn't inside the building. But still, yeah. um, you know. It's terrifying, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So just out of curiosity because I, I never really saw a number but i'm sure it's out there about how many people were in washington that day i know it was a lot i'd say between 500 and 700 000. and by the time people were in that capitol building rioting trump didn't even finish his speech now all the people that were in that building weren't like antifa or, or false flags there's a lot of trump supporters in there but i was near the front to videotape uh, you can see it all on Noosphere or, you know, or Rumble. We have it all documented on there. But, um, you know, they, they had a phalanx of police in the front. You couldn't get through. But in the back, they like sent their JV team back there and they herded people back there. And that's where the people got through. Not to yeah. mention the most famous like media personalities like Baked Alaska and people like that all got inside Nancy Pelosi's office. How the fuck do you find that office in that giant building? And everyone had perfect you know photo ops in there i won't even get into it but yeah there was probably seven hundred thousand people there dude that's terrifying though that you know you didn't do it you still had three people show up here like that's what the whole thing like the go we pay the government to literally spy on us and so many people have the incorrect logic thinking well i have nothing to hide so because it's only a matter of time before you will have something to hide you know it's what the next target is though you know what it is, right? You can see it on the news. They're already starting to say it is a uh, white, extreme, white, yeah. white wing extremists. Right. It, they're right. moving on from Middle Eastern terrorists to that. And that Which, is the new terror group. That is what the most resources are being spent on in the CIA right now. Which is, is anyone who doesn't agree with whatever the government mm, is yep. putting out. Yeah. 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 Yep. Dude, it's terrifying. I would be, I'm, you're glad that you get you. That was all it was. Cause dude, I just, the fact that they found you, I don't, I'm sure they just looked at. Well, they, they went to my father's house, my mailing address and he wouldn't give up where I was, but I said, I, you know, I gave him my number. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't go in right. the building and I knew that. Yeah, and I had a lot of funny, I had a lot of funny footage. So I, I started it off trying to make them laugh. Like they flashed their badges. And I was like, if I was you guys, I would flash those things everywhere. You know, I was trying to make them laugh. And I showed them the funny videos. I'm like, I do this for, con you know, and, and then I said something to base where they were at. And I was like, trust me, there's a lot of material for crazy people there. And they both laughed and said, yeah. So I'm like, all right, they're both very liberal. I know how to play my cards now. Um, and, you know, I said, I do this satirically, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they left me off the hook. Oh, and then they asked me to do this. Um, the Biden inauguration was the next day. And uh, I have a producer who has really good camera 
gear. And they were like, so are you going to the Biden inauguration? I'm like, no way. They're like, well, if you do, you should film. And uh, here's my card. Send us the footage. Mm. Like he was trying oh, to man. Like, hire me what? to do that. Amazing. And I was like, I was like, so you're asking me to go to DC right now? And he's like, well, well I'm not saying that. I should have recorded it, but I didn't wow. want to start. I didn't want the tension because that would have made the tension high immediately. Oh, yeah. That's dude. It's, it's just, yeah. Go ahead, man. What do you think, Jack? I mean, that, you know, I feel like that whole thing was just allowed to happen, probably promoted by the deep state. And uh, they wanted to make anybody. I mean, if everything is has kind of fit right into the way they want to mold, perfect. The, yeah, the situation, perfect. the way they Look want who to mold benefited. the mindset of the people. Anybody who's going against government is a right wing terrorist. You're so and I right. hope that I hope that uh, all our brothers that are our black brothers, our Hispanic brothers, Asian brothers, I hope that they will look at this and understand that that's going to come right around on them eventually. It always I think comes a lot full of them circle. Are. I think and a lot it, of them are. What, what's happening is they're closing the gate on any dissent against the government. And yeah. the government's in bed with all these, you know, monopolies. And, you know, they're even talking about all the uh, private-public partnerships, which I, I think is fascism. It's a, it's, a, it's a fancy word for fascism. Mm -hmm. So people better look out. Dude, yeah. It's, and it, if any, it's that same thing that, uh, like that Hegel philosophy, it's you have uh, one side, you control both sides, you need conflict to get progress, to get synthesis. This is an antithesis. And that's, it's just this, they're like, and what it's creating the opposite effect, you know, you're creating more people that are going to dig in their heels because they don't, you're calling them a racist constantly. Well, then eventually they're going to start acting that way. And that like just leads to more division, more fights. I mean, it's like perfect you know, it's just such a, we're so easy to group, dude. Like all of us, we do exactly what they want us to do. Do we police each other? The whole mass thing? They didn't have to do anything. Everyone policed each other. Yeah, dude. That's a good, it, that's it's a good some point. psychological shit. It's, yeah. dude, it's so powerful. That's the thing that, you know, I, I kind of been, you know, looking to the, into this stuff for a long time now. And it's like, and it took me a lot of years to understand the psychological aspects of politics. And that once I did, man, you know, I just, I mean, you can basically look forever and you just keep on finding more stuff, but you break down MK ultra and the Tavistock Institute and all the weird, you know, the infiltration of the media and the CIA and all that stuff, operation mockingbird. And it's, you know, like so many people do not understand that there's a psychological aspect to all this. They just mm -hmm. think that it's just right versus left and it's just a simplistic world and it's <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. There's so much more to it. Like like didn't Anderson Cooper admit well he was in the CIA, he's the Vanderbilt. Um right. and they've they've had briefings in the 70s where they asked the CIA, like, do you have anyone working in media? And they said, We can't answer that question. Why wouldn't you? Why, if you were the CIA, why wouldn't you? And yeah. this whole left-right paradigm, I got caught up in Trumpism for a while. I am naturally yeah, a lot conservative. Of people did. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it all we all got pooled. It, 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 was, it was just a giant charade. And, um, it, you know, two, two wings of the same, whatever the fucking expression is. But Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, I mean, the same bird. Yeah. Yeah. I got caught. Odd Man was the only one, dude. He kept his head cool the whole time. You got to give Who him a prop. Odd, Odd Man did. 
I, I wouldn't have guessed with the with the flag in the background, but good for you, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, I'm an old fart, dude. I've been in this game since 911. <laughs> so but uh, by the time, you know, everything rolled around with Trump running and stuff, he'd ran already once. And, and I was like, you know, I didn't really take him serious. But, you know, I was like hardcore libertarian at the time. Right as he was running, I was like hardcore libertarian. And I was like, well, he's not libertarian at all. <laughs> you know, and, and, and really he wasn't even conservative, but on a few things. But like not traditional conservative, like when I first came in the scene, and yeah. hardly anybody's even left from from then, you know. Neocons for... are dead. You yeah. know what I liked about him, though? And I, I'm a geopolitical nerd. I loved his geopolitical stance. Like, finally, someone got tough on China. Finally, someone said, why are we paying to defend Germany from Russia and NATO when they buy oil from them? Like, the Soviet Union is dead. We shouldn't be paying for NATO. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I agreed with his... With his uh, foreign policy but it, the whole israel over you know the israel thing is another thing but you know i i think he paid yeah. way too way too much but uh yeah i mean you know what he wasn't horrible but you know he provided some hilarious moments when he told a nuclear armed country that uh yeah your food deprived country is horrible my nuclear button is bigger than yours and i'll press it faster than you and you know like yeah. i don't know I think it, it almost seems like it's business as usual again, doesn't it? Like, oh, like yeah. the well, dude, the news is already writing stories about uh, how many fire logs Biden likes to put in his, you know, fireplace. It's it's pathetic. <laughs> That's dude, funny, dude. They didn't waste any time. They were like already talking about how eloquent Jill <laughs> Biden was. I was like, man, fuck you. You know, you're so see through. It's like it's just so gross, man. I think so they rude. do it to, to literally like alienate because of, you know, if you keep alienating people, they like keep getting in their corners because there's like it's so obvious, like they, you know what I mean? Like it's too obvious in my mind. Like there has to be an ulterior motive while you're clearly like throwing, sorry, Mike, while you're clearly like throwing people and the propaganda at them, like in, you know, alienating the, the right conservatives. There's got to be something that to that. Yeah, I said yeah. you can easily heal the nation by if you don't impeach Trump, you don't go after him and you just drop it. Right. right. Like I hate Biden, but just drop it. They didn't do that. They did the opposite. And they're talking about making lists. And, you know, it, it, it's just. But at the same time, all these super liberals who thought Biden was going to be their savior um, is turning out to be exactly who we knew he was a centrist corporatist president he is a he is yeah. silicon valley he is a corporate president he's basically he's basically a neocon except for he's going to give into these social justice issues yeah. you know yeah he's the best well, he's 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 both of the worst parts of both parties watch this <laughs> I mean, he won't get into the social issues as much as he said he was because he's so yeah. centrist, he doesn't want to piss off the people he can't work with. Yeah, that are Republicans. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, they're all ta all those people, dude. It's and there's got like the, the you know I, I don't know. This has nothing to do, but uh, the guy who predicted predicted the big short, you guys, you know, the housing crisis in 08, He says mm -hmm. that like we're in the gestation, like Weimar Germany had eight years of gestation before the the next day happened and it collapsed. 
And he said, we're currently in that gestation now. Well, we're just printing money, man. Dude. The stock market's the only thing that's keeping it up. And, yeah, uh, and it's a f- facade, dude. Like, and, and you know what? The don't, another thing that's saving us is the petrodollar. But uh, China uh, owns all our assets and all yeah. these smart countries have been buying up on gold and silver. And it only seems inevitable that yeah. there is going to be something that happens from this. There will yeah, be repercussion. Yeah. And this whole modern economic uh, theory that we can t- just print whatever we want, like is bullshit. It's, <laughs> it's kinesiatic uh, economics. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And that's, I like to think that these social justice areas are to like distract the public from something's like going to give soon. I don't know what that in my mind, like maybe three years, maybe four years, but something's going to, it's like you say, you can't just keep printing money, dude. And they know that they're like economists, you know, like they, but they, the end goal is always bring it back to statism and bring it back to, you know, what can you do for the country and uh, have a big brother. And that that's, they're going to manufacture this collapse at some point. And uh, that's going to, what's going to like change in my mind, in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I think this was like the test reset and there's going to be a real one. Yeah. The next five yeah. years so we're used to it because if they hit us with that big one right away people wouldn't know what to do and now like they know who they know they can control it to a sense yeah something big is coming we are just printing money like crazy <laughs> yeah dude it's uh it's definitely uh well and so odd man i know you just did your show on the pilgrim society so i feel like this is a decent because there's all these groups that control this. Everyone knows that. And I don't actually know very much about the Pilgrim Society. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting <laughs> because, you know, at first I thought there's no way I heard, I read about them, I think for the first time, maybe a year, a little over a year ago. And um, I was like, the book didn't have that much about them, but it was basically, they came out of the, uh, Actually, they were before the Council on Foreign Relations. So huh. when uh, Cecil Rhodes died in 1902, they formed the first Pilgrim Society, you know, because he had those plans to make those different uh, groups. And so they were the like the, the main guys from the UK and the and America. In 1903, they did the United States Pilgrim Society. Hmm. But if you go to, they, they got a website now as of like 2008, I think, and it's called pilgrimsociety.org. And so what they say is they're just a society that was formed in 1902 to usher in uh, British and American relations. Like we would need that after all these years still, right? <laughs> right. But uh, um, it, it's pretty secretive, but uh, there's two, well, actually there's like three guys that are really deep into it. And man, they have got documents like you would not believe. And I've got so much more to learn about it, but uh, I, I did like kind of a cursory, uh, you know, kind of a show about just a little bit of what they were and how they were founded. But like uh, one guy, Charles Savoy, it's a S-A-V-O-I-E. He's like one of the main guys. And then there's another dude who I've actually been in contact with that uh, he's supposed Damn. to come on the show, but now he's not answering my email. So I'm afraid he's got vicious. Well, he was, he's, he's a, he was a huge, huge Trump guy. And I'm afraid he's like, went back and listened to some of my shows. Uh, and like, Oh shit, uh, this guy, 
you know so but anyway he so he he's got a super interesting story he sued facebook when it first came out because he had this uh, software that he'd invented for companies that was exactly like facebook but it was for like the bosses of companies to be able to communicate better with their you know with their clients or their not their clients but their employees uh, employees and so he he sued he took it all the way to the supreme court but damn that's a story yeah, so when he was investigating that, uh, he was trying to figure out, like, he had all the proof and everything. Very intelligent guy. He worked in software for years. So he uh, started looking at the guys who were involved in the cases, like the judges and the, and the lawyers, and he kept pulling up Council on Foreign Relations and these other groups, and then he kept pulling up uh, Pilgrim Society and these economic documents for these guys. And so he started investigating and so his website is called Americans for Innovation, and it's the number four. Huh. Check that out, dude. He has got, I mean, it's just endless so, amounts so of documents. What, is, what does it do? It, it, does it prove that these court systems are inter, interlinked with the Pilgrim Society? Yes, that's what he's saying, that a lot of these judges uh, are linked with the Council on Foreign Relations and the Pilgrim Society, cool. because they... A lot of Pilgrim Society members are also council and foreign relations members. Huh. But when it started, it was like the, the, the upper echelons of the industry, uh, politics and uh, banking, of course. So you had in America, you had like, of course, John D. Rockefeller. You had uh, the Astors and the Morgans and the Vanderbilts and, and all those names from the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Every one of those families, except for maybe one, was part of the Pilgrims. And actually, I started looking through Fritz's book, 13 Bloodlines, yeah. and he actually mentions them quite a bit. So I'd forgotten about the, that. He mentions the Pilgrim Society? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, probably about 10 times or so. Well, I, the book that you, I I've always get confused with whether it's Daniel Houston or the other Anthony C. Sutton, but the, he wrote the order on the, you know, the skull and bones. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about not the he mentions the pilgrim society but he also talks about the british version of skull and bones which is called the group yeah but it's just yeah. like okay. all the i don't dude there's so many of these and i think they're all it's like a fraternity you know yeah. they they all know yeah. each other um you know they it's and i think they're a couple steps below over who really runs things but at least yeah. they're in the know and they can call local shots you know yeah yeah, and you know that uh, famous conspiracy book, A Committee of 300, um, yeah. conspiracies hi- cons- Conspirators Hierarchy, I think. Yes. So, you know, the, it just so happens that there's 300 members of the Pilgrim Society. Damn, so, really? Yeah. That's so, wild. Well, that's a, that's a special number in num- numerology, and uh, they're all into that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, three is very in, a very important number in that. Yeah. That's so the wild. more the more you look into it, man, I, in you know, you had mentioned uh, gold and silver and how other countries are buying it up. Well, that's kind of uh, the other guy, Charles Savoy, the first guy I mentioned, that's how he found out about the Pilgrims because he's a, a silver and gold speculator. He, okay. and he's been doing that for years. He's out of Texas and he found out, he started looking back to when they, I guess the government seized silver. And so, you know, back in the day, you could take, you could buy all the silver you wanted and put it in your house, you know, but uh, 19, I want to say 30 or 31, uh, they stopped silver because they said it was a threat because these other countries that are our enemies were buying it up. And then, of course, 1933, that occult number, that occult year, 
uh, I think it was F, was that FDR? Yeah, yeah, FDR, uh, he, yeah. yeah, so he banned gold. So you couldn't have gold anymore. So they did it for our safety. That's what they exactly. always do. Yeah. It's, oh, a scare, it's a scarcity bullshit. They say there's there's not many diamonds yet. There's a ton of diamonds. Just two countries can two companies control them all. So they yeah. make fake scarcity. Um, I well, personally believe that there's a lot more oil than they say. I don't think it's just decomposing dinosaurs and plants that all died in the same area where they can be yeah. drilled from a well. I think it's a naturally occurring thing that you know because because yeah. it will never run out and they yeah. and they fake scarcity just like that well they for, especially with the gold and silver they had they caused the crash because they planned it and that they said the reason why that happened was because our gold we were on the gold standard so if we got off the gold standard they'd be better the smart people will make sure this never happens again that's like the same. yeah and and then the people that disagreed with that went on the titanic you know, so <laughs> <laughs> i always that's a fun that's an interesting one but yeah dude yeah i don't i had another point i was gonna go with on the oh and then also during the 29 they took out all the it was just like our 08 crisis they kept the the, the like the rockefeller banks the whatever those kept going but all the other smaller banks they went under just like in 08 we kept up who goldman sachs you know same people we all and change. even now the the big businesses can work and the small businesses can't yeah yeah dude it's just a screwed big up wealth system. transfer yeah are you are you guys uh have you delved into uh this new deal with um inclusive capitalism is what they're calling it no dude it's i'm just starting to look into it man but so it sounds can... like the most snowflake thing ever it sounds like a democrat made it up well, probably so. And I think what it is, I think it's a fancy term for either fascism or a mix of communism and fascism together. Uh, so I'll tell you who's behind it. You guys check it out when you get a chance. You got the Rothschilds. Um, I think her name is uh, Lynn mm -hmm. Forrester de Rothschild. Mm -hmm. um, she's also she was a big McCain supporter, but she before that had always supported Democrats. Uh, of course, McCain was playing both sides of the field. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Rockefellers, and I, I saved a, a link of a, uh, the Rockefellers are part of it, and they've even put it on the Rockefeller Foundation website. You've got the Vatican and the Pope's all behind it. And uh, well, it's got to be good. All it those, just oh. sounds like a great group of people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, of course, they're billing it as we're going to make capitalism more inclusive for the poorer people and we're going to give back. So I think it's all a part of them, you know, throwing out that universal basic income. And, you know, it's like I've been saying to people, I mean, a lot of people are going for that. And, you know, it's not going to come without a price. Because well, well, the people that are going for it are younger kids that, that don't know history. They just want to not pay college loans. At all these Trump rallies, the most people I saw were Asian Asian Americans from countries that surround communist China and uh, Eastern Europeans that, that have fled real socialism. Socialism has never worked in any country, except now I feel like in, in this tech, tech world we live in, it's easier to implement a version of socialism now. And now you have the China model which all the, the big the big wigs love because it's not technically socialism. They have some free market, you know, uh, 
you know, workings, but it's everything's owned by the state. Everything has a, every, everything has a state representative. Mm -hmm. So they are all under the same umbrella. They all have the same, when something happens in the news, they all have the same statement. Um, It's very controlled. So, yeah. Well, just to add to like when Admin was saying like Rockefeller, all those people in World War II, the Harrimans and, and, you know, uh, Walker, Rockefeller, they funded both Soviet Russia Napoleon the, Wars too. The Napoleonic and, Wars. They've been doing it forever. But they funded both. They literally funded Soviet Union, Russia, and then Hitler. So you would think, well, why would you donate money to both people? But it goes back to again, they want that's the goal is that statism, but they need to have two conflicts to create what they're hoping to create. So it's yeah. just like in, in the Napoleonic Wars, the Rockefellers funded Napoleon, Andy fund, and they funded the British. Mm-hmm. And uh, whichever side they knew they were going to win because whichever side lost had to pay massive war reparations. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And also I heard uh, this guy, um, famous guy, Gary Allen. Um, and he wrote the book, none dare call it conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he wrote, wrote a book called Rockefeller file and a uh, guy wrote some great stuff, man. But um, he, uh, he had this great line. He was doing a speech. And he said, uh, why would Rockefeller and these monopolists support communism? Well, I got, you know, a simple answer for you. They now have to deal with the governments of all these different places around the world to get what Uh they want done. But if they could push a world government where they would only have to control one world or one government, one system, then they could streamline their business and, and it would be mm. so much easier because in and socialism, there's still an elite class and they would obviously be in it. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why you see the Vatican. That's why you see all these big wigs pushing this. That's interesting, socialism. dude. That one mm. that makes sense. It'd be easier instead of all these different, you got to grease so many palms. Now you just got to <laughs> grease one person or one group's palms. Yeah. That one Very grand that one grand council that lives on a freaking mountain that right. nobody can even get to yeah, you know, yeah. because it's guarded. Well, by. they're obviously trying it. They've, they've kind of been doing it in Europe. Um, and it's leaning this way in America as well. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. And look, yeah. even look at DC now, dude. Now there's barbed wires, there's military. No one's ever oh, going, no. dude. Now, no, no. That's all my, we were talking about taking the kids just just a few weeks before that happened. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, maybe we should take them again, you know, because we went a couple of years ago. And I've only been twice, but I loved it, man, because, you know, it's the history there. Yeah. I'm looking at all the occult symbolism. And right. Stuff like yeah. that. But I, I said, we'll never go. Yeah. Can I just capital. say how I felt about D.C.? I went twice for, for two different events. And uh, if you look at it from a bird's eye view, it's all you know everything is in 33 degree angles uh the streets form a pentagram if you look at it from a bird's eye view there's obviously the obelisk and it and the government center is very weird because it's just uh street narrow it's just streets with a giant building on one end and then like another famous giant building on the other end so no matter where you are you see these giant it's beautiful but i got a very weird energy being there a very weird energy I did too. Definitely. Yeah, man. And it's like every time, I mean, like the first time I went, it was in the winter and it was cold as hell. And I took, <laughs> we took the kids 
and we were like basically just running into the museums. It was just too cold to enjoy it. Right. Second time I went with my wife, she's a nurse and she had this like this nursing convention type thing. And so we went for like two hours to that. And then we just were like, screw this, let's just go around the town. So we spent like the next three days going just walking around. And uh, even though it was rainy, we enjoyed it. But like the little the little faces on the sides of the buildings that you normally wouldn't even notice. Yeah. I mean, just all kinds of like yeah. symbology. It's everywhere, dude. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I had that, this guy, if I had a Luciferian guy on my show yesterday or two days ago, whatever. <clears throat> and he was part of Freemasonry. And this was before he like, very knowledgeable dude, so much reading. But he said, like, and I guess this is kind of basic, but in Freemasonic, they're like ceremonies. They're all Luciferian rituals or cult rituals, but they're just changed the name. So most of the people don't know what they're doing. But it's that same thing, like with the Super Bowl symbolism and with DC, it's provide, like, yeah, you said that energy. It's for sure providing that energy needed for the people that do know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, that's like absolutely, you know and, what I mean? And also, it's part of their belief if they show you. If they mm, show yeah. you, it's not the karmic debt isn't on them. So that's yeah. why you see a lot of uh, symbolism and like hints throughout the uh, media and, and, you know, everywhere is because if, if, if you see it and you fall for it, well, that's on you and they escape mm. the karmic debt. Yeah. But um, I just think yeah. it's interesting, all the math in the numerology they're into. I've been getting into numerology lately. Um, it, they plan things. If you just see the amount of generals who have died on their on their enemy year, it's like it, it, it's crazy. It's like almost all of them. And um, they, they plan certain events at certain times on certain dates. And uh, and a lot of it, I think, has to do with you create more energy um during these times and and it, and it helps you you know achieve the the population uh, emotion better that way mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure that's right yeah but sorry i didn't know if i meant but uh what was i gonna <laughs> no i was gonna say also like with that energy uh i think it also has to do with like reach because like since the 50s we've been trying to communicate with something and something's reaching back whether that's demons whether that's satan or aliens i don't know and i think all that energy is like utilized for this tactic to uh tap into something that you and i don't have access to you know Mm -hmm. but yeah man yeah it's um it does doesn't it feel like something's manifesting like it's about to show itself pretty soon i mean i'm sure that you know preachers and people have been saying that for hundreds of years but dude i mean it it feels like it's so much now yeah i feel like we're in end times i think we can all agree on that yeah but i'm sure the people that were in late stage right felt the same way right and there's a lot of hallmarks between our us and late stage rome yeah yeah you know once you have everything that you need like rome did and you know they had more luxury than they needed and they started giving into these social justice you know reforms they fell apart and yeah. and it's 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 i think it's called a high good high good uh the, the something dialectic where yeah where hegelian. A, yeah hegelian dialectic yeah. where there's a rising power in one that's uh, in place they yeah. come to blows yeah. like 12 out of 14 times right and yeah. china is still hungry it, you yeah. know it, it, and we're not 
It, we're, we're like right. Rome. It, it, they're decadence. And, and, you know, they got weak. Yeah, we're soft-bellied. We, 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 mm. You can't even talk to the average citizen because everything's a conspiracy because they're so dumbed down by school. Dude, our media. military like, gets taught uh, racial uh, – that, that racial theory, whatever it is. And, critical race. Know, uh, it's bad. Yeah, man. At this point, they're they, you know, they're creating problems. Like, dude, because I live in the heart of the South, okay, and I've never up until uh, George Floyd, I'd never seen race relations so good. Mm-hmm. I, and I worked at a place that was half black, half white. Nobody argued about race. In fact, I'll tell you, even under Obama, I never heard anybody bring up the fact that he mm-hmm. was black. They brought up the fact that he was a freaking communist you know <laughs> or he would, had communist leanings and of course he did he admitted that but um it, it they create these things and it's making me and i was going to ask you guys this earlier but i'm really after everything we've seen in the last few years i'm really wondering if possibly the deep state wasn't pu- pushing racism e- even um you know in the in the 50s and, and oh, even yeah. earlier possibly if they weren't like bringing on a lot of the racism that was out and about you know Dude, and, and trying look, to scare people that oh these blacks are going to come and take everything from you you know ha- having these different um you know their agents in these circles where they're trying to foment racism every news story you see online right now uh the the ones that make the top of the cycle are like black men beaten by white cops um you know, things like that to, to stir us up. And, um, you know, you, you can go. I, I was going to say something else. But I forgot what I was going to say. I'll, I'll get back to it. I mean, that's a good, you know, I, I'm sure they were bad. Like then you're, you yeah. know, I'm not that, but that's a really interesting point because then they had even more control over the media, I would think, because you only read the paper. You only watched the radio. Oh, you can control very few other sources. And again, I do not doubt that I hope no one listening is taking this as I doubt that there were struggles, but I wonder what severity just like that's what, and I think that's also like a goal is to have people question so much stuff that you don't believe anything. And I think that there's like a sense of like nihilism or something that it overtakes. And that's also a success for them because then you almost, I mean, I don't, but you like ostracize yourself. I don't know all those things, but that was a really interesting thought process i I think i think that there is a parasitic host that runs the world call it the the illuminati call it the families whatever um and just like a dying animal they hopped off us and they went to china and now they can exploit us and tear us apart and take us for everything that we have and our greatest strength which is our diversity they are using against us they're using that against us. And you can see it all through the media. If you like at this point, I don't know about you guys, but every time I see I watch the news, I'm just like, oh, that's propaganda. That's well, you know, I, I just dissect it like that. And it's so obvious that the, the stories they're trying to come up, you know, black what black teen killed by white cop. Like that's like the number one story. Or like on Twitter trending with like 20,000 tweets. There'll be some race thing, but when something with four hundred thousand tweets is on the very bottom, you know they're they're in conjunction. The tech companies 
in oh, yeah. in the in the in TV and they're, they're in conjunction to do this. So there's obviously a global plot to do this. Yeah, um, Jack's probably getting tired of hearing me say this, but this one guy that I listen Ever. to that I really respect a lot, <laughs> uh, this guy, this writer, he says that the elite have a motto called uh, "Personnel is policy" or "People is policy." So, you know, like as Jack knows from his readings that a lot of these people came from the same freaking, you know, schools, Yale and, and um, Harvard and all these different schools. And they, they, they're in the same fraternities and some of them are in, in the same secret societies, but then they get into government and they're also in like the, you know, the councils on foreign relations and the, and the trilaterals and all these other, you know, there's a lot of ones that are, that people don't talk about a lot, but uh, a lot of these institutions, and so they all have this globalist mindset. And, uh, you know, so they, it's, they wouldn't even have to have a huge conspiracy. They could have smaller groups that were very powerful, and only those smaller groups could really be the ones who were the power players who knew the real plan because they'd already kind of trained all these other people to go along with the plan. So. Mm. I think that's something that people ought to think about. Cause you know, you, I'm sure you guys hear it too. It's like, how could that many people ever keep a secret? Well, mm. maybe they don't know it's a secret. It's, it's just compartmentalized. Way, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just the way they believe, you know? Yeah. Right. Nice. And, it's a, and then one last, when you brought up China, I like, I think, I don't know. I flip flop on this, but this book that Anthony C Sutton book, how they funded everybody like, they funded Russia in 19, they funded the Bolshevik revolution, overthrew the czars, funded the communist regime to cause, mm-hmm. you know, fight Nazis. Then that ended. Then they start still kept throwing money at the Soviet Union to prop them up. So Harriman, while he's the, the Soviet Union ambassador, he's getting them, giving them technology, mil- money to build their military up. He's telling the U.S., look, Russia's building up their military. We got to build up ours. And then in the 90s, the same exact thing, Soviet Union falls, Rockefeller start banks in China, they build up China, so we'll have to build up. It's just this never-ending insidious cycle. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but one thing I do have to say to that is look at all these evil people funding that side. Isn't it cool how powerful the free market is if they have to do all that just to combat human nature? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they don't want the free market, you know. Because, like, I think it was uh, I want I want to say it was John D. Rockefeller had that famous quote that um, I think he said, "Competition is a dirty word." But um, you know, he they don't want they don't want a free market because that would allow them to have to compete and really make good products and all that kinds of stuff. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well. It was great talking to y'all. Um, thank you for hopping on my pod. Yeah. Um, yep. Bro, uh, since I know you had to do like everything for me, you recorded, right? Yeah. Just I'll, send yeah. it. We'll talk after. 